second part of this series that I'm preaching, 2 Kings chapter 4. <coughs> uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, keep that open with you. Uh, we're going to skip a few scriptures, 2 Kings chapter 4. But tonight I'm, I'm doing a series on discipleship, uh, preaching about uh, what uh, we mean by discipleship, what it is to be a disciple, what it means to be a man a woman who calls themselves a, a disciple, what are the characteristics that we are found in the Word of God for what we do in discipling, what is found in discipleship that God can use for His kingdom. And this is important because these are fundamental truths, amen, fundamental characteristics that need to be in a person, uh, in a man, in a woman, in order for them to be effective for the kingdom of God. Amen. If we want to be effective for the kingdom of God, uh, we can't be running around like chickens with our head cut off. Uh, uh, we, have to be, we have to have some things already inside of us uh, uh, that God is able to tap uh, and God is able to use. And so last week I spoke about steadfastness, that one of the characteristics of a good disciple is, the, is steadfastness, the ability to be rooted uh, and to be able to be fixed and ability to be constant, not, uh, you know, uh, 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 like a wave up and down, but constant um, uh, towards the work of the ministry and towards the house of God. Uh, uh, tonight, I want to speak about financial responsibility because the second characteristics of good, a good disciple is that they are good stewards. Good stewards, they are... There's a term that we use, that term is solvent, all right? Uh, and basically, is they are able to, they don't have things that hold them down financially, but enable them to be fluid in life, whatever God calls them to do, that they can be fluid. Many of you know the story of Pastor Campbell coming to Malaysia many, many years ago. And at first, uh, someone else was called to come into this nation, but uh, uh, as uh, they announced him and he was beginning to prepare to come, uh, they found that he had debt that uh, needed to be settled and that immediately disqualified him from coming here uh, and God sent Pastor Campbell in his place and we, uh, we know the end of the story of that uh, and we know that history of that, uh, but it was that, uh, it was the lack of stewardship of finances that hindered a man from his destiny. And so that tells you tonight that this is extremely important uh, when we speak about discipleship. Uh, the word we're looking at is the word uh, oikonomos, uh, and what it simply means is a steward, a manager, uh, a superintendent, uh, uh, and basically this person is given charge over a house, given charge over property. He, uh, it has been he has been entrusted with the management of the affairs of a household, and uh, his duty is to deal uh, with the servants, to deal with the management, whatever may come with it. Uh, and uh, his, his, uh, his job is to distribute even to the children and to care for them. Another 
uh, 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 meaning to this word is the meaning we all know, money. Right? Having enough money to cover your expenses and your debts. And of course, the word I used earlier, the manager, somebody who manages the property or finances or a household for someone else. And this is extremely important tonight as I minister this. Because as Christians, we are managing things uh, for God. That's what discipleship is all about. So let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4. And we're going to look at uh, uh, a number of interesting points that come out of it. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter 4. Let's look at verse 1 first. Verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, take note of this woman, she's not just an, uh, a, a woman, uh, a regular woman, she is the wife of a prophet, okay, cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead, you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves, so that's important tonight. Let's go to verse 7 because we all know this story. Uh, Elisha uh, enables his woman to collect oil, uh, enough uh, to support her. But look at what he says to her in verse 7 is what we want to look at tonight. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live off the rest, or live on the rest. Pastor Campbell told me years ago, if you want to see the character of a man, give him money. And this is extremely true. If you want to see someone's character, give them money. We know the circumstances that we live in today in our nation, with all the cases of corruption that we see, and we ask ourselves, here are men that were entrusted with a nation, entrusted with your livelihood, entrusted with my livelihood, entrusted with the livelihood of 30 million people, and they would uh, uh, buy bling, amen, and uh, they mismanage finances. Uh, this country could be one of the richest uh, nations in the world. Amen. We literally, literally grow money on trees. You've heard me say that before. Amen. You know, there was a time uh, everyone exported and uh, imported palm oil from us. Uh, literally money was growing from the trees. Literally we dig up money. Amen. It's called oil. Amen. And we had tin. We mined tin in a time when the world needed tin. We had rubber when a time when the world and still the world needs rubber that we sent out. We have everything, amen. And, uh, and if anyone were to ask me, what is the problem? What is the problem, pastor, with what we have in our nation today? I would say is that we have had bad stewards. Men that did not realize or did not want to accept that they were stewards of money and power that God had given them. If you want to see the character of a man, give him money. The way a person handles money can tell you a lot about 
a person, about that person. We live in a time, in a world where people cannot wait for things. Amen? Right? People cannot wait. I mean, I don't know what iPhone came out recently. Something came out on, and people were lining up in this shop in Paradigm Mall called Switch. I don't know, maybe 12 or 13, I'm not sure, but one of it came out, I think 12, iPhone 12 came out. And people were lining up as though they will stop making iPhone 12 after tomorrow. And I thought to myself, here are people who cannot wait. Here are people, we live in a generation like people who cannot wait. They look at... They look at people in their 40s, they look at people in their 50s, they look at people in their 60s, they may see that they have some things in life, right? They may see, oh my, these people have a house, look at their house, that's a nice house. Or look at the car that they drive, that's a nice car, and look at everything that they have. And they see that and they say at 21 years old, I want all of that. Well, can I say something to you? You can't have all of that, you've got to work a lifetime for it, Right? You got to work a lifetime for it. I remember years ago, and I believe I've told this story years ago. I was working for this company, and uh, one day uh, we're sitting down, all the staff, uh, quite a number of staffs, not all the staff, but quite a number of staff, we were sitting together. We were having lunch together, and as we were eating, the staff started to bicker and begin to complain. And one of their major complaints was look at the boss, look at him. He's driving that Mercedes Benz. I think it was an S Class or something. He had just bought it, right? The S-Class or something. And they were like, look at him. Look at him driving that thing, you know. You know? And, and they were going on and on and on about it, amen. Like that. And after a while, I'm just eating, man. I'm just enjoying my meal, you know. I'm tired. I've worked. Uh, I want to eat. Uh, I'm, I'm eating my meal. And I got sick and tired of it, man. I just looked at them and I just got fed up and says, Hey, when the company started, you invested money, yeah? How much money you gave? How much did you put in? 100,000? Did you give 100,000? 200,000? How many of you gave money to start the company? Nobody said anything. I said, that's why he can drive the Mercedes Benz. Because he put the money in. He started the company. He took the risk. He uh, sacrificed, amen. He is in a time in his life now, he has worked hard, he has established something, he took risk, he put in money, by golly, he can drive two Mercedes-Benz if he wants to. When you decide to put in the money and you decide to put in the years of labor and you decide to work hard, you can have one too. But until then, please shut up. And that's the truth. We live in a time where people do not see this. I mean, when, remember, I'm, I've been preaching now for 16 years. So this is a long time ago when I opened my mouth. But I still remember that incident because it put something in me. People are greedy. People want everything today. People cannot wait to have. They must have now. They cannot plan to have. Hey, listen, I want that. But do I need it? And plan things through. And I want to tell you, people do not have a handle of money. And that is why they have so much of problem. Disciples have a, uh, don't have a good handle of money and they have trouble. We live in a time in a world where people cannot wait and that has caused them to enter into debt. 
Why do people owe so much? Because you have to buy something new even when you don't have the money. Chinese New Year? Hari Raya? Deepavali? Christmas. No money in our mind. Baju must be baru. Why the old shirt will fall apart when you use it, is it? Why your shoe is talking, is it? You cannot use the old shoe, you talk, is it? If you don't have the money, don't buy it. The credit card is not money, it's not your money. <laughs> you have to still pay it back. Credit card debt is high, sky high. Because people don't have a handle of money. You don't have the money, amen. You don't need to eat lavishly. How many know, amen, that you can live uh, off water? Literally, you can. Do you know you can survive without tea life? Did you know that? Did you know that you will not die without Starbucks? Did you know that? And I know some of you are shocked. Really, Pastor? Really? We can live without Starbucks? Are you sure? And tea life and bubble tea and baba tea and boo boo tea and kiki tea. You know? And you know, do you know that you can you can live off, listen carefully to me, you can live off rasam and rice. Did you know that you can live off just vegetarian? Amen. Yes. Something, yes, Pastor. You can. Right? And if you don't have the money, then you have to take a step back and you have to say to yourself, listen, right now I don't have the money. I need to cut things off in my life. Things that you may think that you need, you don't need, amen. A new pair of shoes, a new pair of jacket, a new pair of whatever, not, amen. You say to yourself, listen, I'm going to do this. I don't need a new phone every time it comes out. It's insane. How much people charge you for a phone? Insane! Amount of money for things. You gotta ask yourself, what do I need? What do I, you know what a good steward is? A good steward is someone who takes a step back and says, what do I need? I'm not asking you tonight to be stingy. I'm not asking you tonight not to be a blesser. I'm not asking you tonight not to, to give when it needs to be given. I'm not asking you even tonight, amen, uh, to, to live like a miser. But what I'm saying tonight uh, is an issue of debt tonight. An issue of debt. That when you have debt, not debit, okay? Not debit or debited. Okay? It's called debt. Okay? Just saying, just saying. Some of you got that. Alright? But when you have that, you've got to live according to your means. Because there's a God in heaven, listen carefully to me, He looks at that and He says, that's good stewardship. People ask me all the time, Pastor, I tied, but why am I not blessed? I can tell you why you tied and you're not blessed. If you tied and you live beyond your means and you have debt that you don't settle, God is not pleased with that. Together with tithing must come good stewardship. To add to that, we have a tendency to get ahead and have what others have, right? We need to have what other people have. And this, put together with the first, has landed many people in bankruptcy and in deep debt. They cannot come out of that. 
You know, this story has always bothered me. The story I just read to you about this prophet has always bothered me because the prophet left his family in debt. The prophet died and left his family in debt. This was a man of God. This was a servant of Elisha. And yet this man left his family in debt. Now, I don't know all the circumstances. I don't want to judge him. What I do know is what the Bible says. Uh, the wife's words were that uh, they had so much debt that people were coming to take her sons. How much money do you need to owe when people want to come take your sons? Jacob, you better be careful. Right? I die and then they say, we're coming to take Jacob. Right? How much money do you need to owe that people want to come and take uh, your sons? But this man, the Bible says, uh, left a debt. Uh, the wife could not pay. The Bible doesn't tell us all that's involved with that and I don't want to judge him. But what I do know is that the first instruction of Elisha to this woman is to go pay off the debt. She doesn't say, hello. He, she doesn't, he doesn't say to the woman, Okay, go sell the oil and go have a nice plate of nasi kanda. Right? Go sell the oil. I know you haven't eaten yele sapade for a long time. Go sell the oil. Go get some yele sapade with some fried sotong and some fried chicken and fried ikan tinggiri. Who can have yele sapade without that? Right? Go and do that. No. This man, this prophet, Elisha says to her, go sell your oil and go pay your debt first. Go do that. Because that is what is causing you trouble. Can I tell you something? Debt will cause you trouble. It will cause you trouble to sleep at night. It will cause you pain. It will cause you difficulty. Listen carefully to me. It will cause you lots of... The next time you want to go out and take the credit card to pay for something, ask yourself, do you want to sleep tomorrow night? Is this worth me losing sleep about? Think about it for a while. And it has bothered me that this man left his wife in debt. This was the reason she was so desperate. And, we were, and this was the primary concern of Elisha. This is the second thought that I get from this, from this uh, scripture. This was the primary concern of Elisha. Go pay your debt. Then you ask yourself, wasn't Elisha concerned about their livelihood? Right? What about their livelihood? He said, you and your sons live off the rest. Whatever is balanced that you live off, work it out. You heard me tonight? Pay off the debt. Whatever the amount is, pay it all off. Don't go there and negotiate setengah. Ha. Faham semua? Ada dengar tak? Ha. Bayar setengah je. Kan? Dapat duit. Tapi bayar setengah je. Like only half the debt. No, he says, go pay it off. Pay it off in full. Finish it off. Because this is a bane in your side. This is trouble. God cannot bless debt. That is in the heart of God. Listen to it. The character of God. God cannot bless debt. Say, so go do that. And then you work it out on how you're going to live the rest with the rest for your livelihood. Settle your primary problem in full. And live off whatever you have. The simple lesson here 
is that is bad. Amen? Say, Pastor, what did Pastor preach tonight? That is bad. You mean that's all he preached? Yes, that's all he preached. He said a lot of things, but that's all I remember. That is bad. Get rid of it as quick as you can, even if it means living off little. See, that's the goal. That's the, that's the, that's the way to do it. When I have debt, I live off little so that I can get off the debt because the day when I get off the debt, bro, you have the money to do what you want to do with it. Proverbs chapter 6. Let's go there for a while. I want you to read this whole proverb because I have kept this proverb close to my heart from the day I got saved. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 1 through 5. My son, God is speaking to you endearingly. So you say, oh, this one is for men. Never mind, it's my daughter for you. If you become surety for your friend, you know what is surety? Surety is guarantor. Right? We love to do that today, right? Okay, we live in a day and everybody wants to stand guarantor. My, your friend will come, I tell you what, I don't care if he is crying. I mean the tears are flowing. Oh, yo, whatever, please be guarantor for me. Listen to what the Bible says. This is not Pastor Allen trying to be a bad person, trying to be uh, evil to people. Not nice, like you pastor. Why you don't want to help anybody? Listen to what the Bible says. My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You have taken, you are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go, humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Deliver yourself. I know friends will come and they will cry and they will plead and they'll say, don't worry bro, I can pay this, I can pay this, I can pay this, don't worry bro, just be my guarantor, give me your IC lah, loan shark problem, always got this problem, IC problem one, right? Give me your IC lah. And then you like, ah, oh, okay lah, okay. Listen, listen to what the Bible says, say, don't do it. Don't do it. If you are guarantor for someone, go deliver yourself from the snare. You are trapped. You are trapped. God is very serious about us being in debt. And He's very serious about us being good stewards of our money. So let's look then at Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. Verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country who called his own servants, delivered his goods to them. Verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, and to each according to his own ability, and immediately went on a journey. Let's jump to verse 19. Move down to verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. Let's jump down to verse 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now move down to verse 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, 
I would have received back my own with interest. So what's Jesus talking about in this text? In this text, uh, Jesus brings forward the issue of stewardship. You can summarize the whole text. It's stewardship. Again, the lesson is simple. How you handle money is crucially important to the point that your destiny and your soul can be affected by it. That's the story. Cast the lazy servant, the foolish servant, cast him out into the outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. Send him out. What is Jesus trying to say? Good stewardship tonight is so important to God that because he understands that bad stewardship affects your destiny and it affects your soul. For us as Christians, we believe tonight that nothing we have is ours. I know that's news for some of you. Nothing we have is ours. We have been bought at a price. We belong to Christ. All that we have belong to God. And it has been given to us to be stewards to manage it. The foolish and lazy steward thought he could do whatever he wanted, but that couldn't be further from the truth tonight, eh? as the steward found out the hard way. So the conclusion of the matter tonight is this, and I close with this. A good disciple is someone who has a good handle of money or wealth. They know how to spend it, they know how to save it, and they know how to invest it. So what are the three main things we know about money? You spend it, but some people only stop there. You spend it only. Right? You spend it, you save it, you don't stop there, you invest it. Right? That's good stewards. Good stewards do that all the time. They plan, they work it out. He or she is the master of it, not the other way around. You and I are called to be the masters of money, not money become our masters. We are called to live life where we master over money, not live life where money dictates our every move. I can't even take a bus to church because I don't have money. That's bad. If a disciple does not get a handle of it, he can never be entrusted. Listen carefully to me. You can never have destiny. Every man, woman and child in this place, you can never have destiny if you don't get a handle of this. This is of crucial importance uh, in the kingdom of God. The good steward tonight. Can I have your head bowed and your eye closed in the presence of God?